I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Well, hello. I'm super happy today to have Shelly Stevens on. And Shelly and I have a fun history because we both essentially got into coaching around the same time, which I think is so funny how, how that happened and how we figured it out. But but basically, Shelly was my boss and an amazing boss. And that's why I want to have her here because she's an amazing manager and she comes from this great background of managing and then was able to really sync that up with her coaching skills. But essentially, she and I were in a coaching program while we were working together. We didn't really talk about it openly because we weren't sure if we should. And then we found out that we were in the same coaching program. And it made, to me, it made perfect sense. Like, of course, of course, she's doing this because she wants to like bolster her skills and like, because she's a badass. So now Shelly is a life and work coach and she works primarily with women looking to close the gap between where they are now and where they want to be to reclaim their inner badass, which I totally love. So Shelly, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And I want to talk a little bit about your jump because we work together in agency land. And I want to talk a little bit about just you making the transition from full-time job into working for yourself because that's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a dream. Um, it's taken me a long time to have the courage, honestly, to make this shift. Uh, you know how it is when you're working in agency life and, you know, it's, it's a pretty fun gig and it's a pretty interesting and creative opportunity. Um, but as you said, once I found coaching and learned more about it and, and did the training, it, it was so transformational for me that I knew this is what I wanted to do as I um, sort of, you know, uh, transition myself out of, of agency life and into something more flexible and rewarding, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the biggest difference when you started going through the coaching program and learning some new tools and techniques after coming from so long already being a manager and being a great manager, because I was with you prior to your coaching training. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think I was... Brag. People work for me more than once. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and I have to say too, like I, I've had some like tough, I've, I mean, like anyone, I've had some tough managers and I'm happy to say that like two of my favorite managers are still in my life, which is you and somebody else who is one of my clients now that I'm just like so grateful that she's still in my life. But I think like when you have a good manager, it's rare. And we remember those people because there are so few managers that really like hone in their manager skill as a skill instead of kind of a leftover because they're, they're following some of their track. And then management was something they just had to pick up on yeah. their own. It's like you honed it in. I, I feel like I've spent some time doing that too. Yeah, um, sure. And what was your approach like before coaching that, that yeah. you think made you a strong manager even before you got those tools? 
Well, like you, I learned it over time, right? Um, I started managing teams in my late 20s, uh, smaller teams, and then grew that, you know, throughout my 30s and 40s. So obviously made mistakes along the way, um, but hopefully learned and, and grew as a mentor and a leader and really just found my groove and my ability to help, give, you know, help people by giving them feedback and praising them and, uh, you know, allowing them to be who they are and to function in the workspace, wherever that was. Um, I'm like you, I've also had a couple of mentors who have really helped me shape how I lead and manage. And to this day, that's a couple of them are like my hype people. And um, I really appreciate everything that I learned from them. And hopefully now we learn back and forth from each other. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you think the coaching tools brought to you? To your management style? Uh, so much, Jamie, I will tell you. Uh, before this conversation, I was just really thinking about that. And, you know, I would say the biggest one, which is almost a container for everything I'll, I'll say, is holding space, right? And so I believe that's something I did before, but I never really understood that concept or knew what to call it. But in coaching, I really learned this concept of holding space for another person to have their own experience. And to me, there's a lot of things that nest under that, like it allows them to come to their own solutions. And so, you know, I would say before I might've tried more to um, try to solve their problem or their issue or their challenge or fix things, right? If they were having an interpersonal issue with another person or uh, something needed to change in the in the environment, I would just try to fix it or solve it. And I was pretty good at that and probably pretty proud of myself for that. Um, or I would try to buffer them from the negative aspects of that. And I really feel that coaching has helped me not be responsible for their experience, but be respectful and responsible for holding space and allowing them to come to ways that they can do that for themselves. And so I think that's one really significant difference. Um, you know, I think dealing with different personalities is another one, like really myself and helping other people, uh, you know, in the agency industry, there's all different kinds of people. There's creative people, there's production people, there's every type of personality you can imagine living in, you know, in this Petri dish of a space and, and an open space at that usually. Um, and so, you know, how can I depersonalize my own experiences so that I can help them have their experience and address any challenges or opportunities that might come up with their interpersonal relationships in that space. And so I think that's been really useful um, post learning coaching skills. Yeah. I think that's interesting too, because it's also sort of related to holding space. Like I like the depersonalizing it. Like you're, you're not, there's something I've been talking about recently with people that it's like that person is not responsible for how you feel. So when you're a manager, I think sometimes people are really worried about this idea of, but I want them to be my friend or I want them to like me still, or I want them to respect me, or I have certain feelings about this and I want to feel a certain way about this situation. And it's like, they're not, when you're holding space for someone, <clears throat> they're not responsible for how you feel. So if you're, you know, if you're holding that space, you don't walk away or, or try to process during the time that you're managing someone of like, 
how your feelings are in that space, which I like as, you know, what you say is like depersonalize it. You don't have, you know, a personal relationship to the thing that they're, that they're dealing with, or you do, but you remove yourself from that situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I've always been described as a calm and even keel um, and steady. And I think in part, I I did that through force (laughs) before, like just through sheer force of like, okay, it doesn't help, right, to to panic or to join the the drama. And so, but now I feel like I do that with, um, with less rigor for myself or it's, it's just easier, right. To do that and allow that, um, that space for each to have their own experience. Um, I, I'm also going to say I'm a recovering people pleaser and I like to say recovering cause it's hard, <laughs> um, to step away from that. And, you know, for years in the, in the industry, it's benefited me, right. To be a pleaser as a client services person, um, being between the clients and the, you know, the creatives and the um, strategists and leadership and really being able to work both directions. There's just a lot of um, negotiation and and pleasing that come along with that. And so again, in the manage in the manager managee relationship, for me to step away from realizing I need to be attached to their outcome or I need to provide, a great experience for them from a pleasing perspective. I think that's been really, really useful. Yeah. Well, that's huge too, because I think that a lot of people in this climate too, a lot of business owners or managers are also sometimes afraid of taking like feedback a little too far or being too honest or not being in that people-pleasing space because they're afraid people are going to leave. And I feel like that's starting to alter the way people manage, but when you're a coach and you're, you're going into these like one-on-ones or these meetings, kind of cleaning up your own stuff and, and not looking for those like people pleasing things or the outcome that you're hoping they'll have, or the experience you're hoping they'll have, you sort of clean all that up so that you don't have to worry about what's you know, whether they're going to leave or not, that's for them to decide. Like if they're going to leave, ultimately you're not responsible for that in either direction. Like, I mean, of course, a manager to some degree is responsible for, you know, retention, but you do that by being a good manager, not by, you know, being over people pleasing. Um, That's not necessarily going to protect your relationship with that person or their relationship to the job either. Right. I mean, and it, they do say people leave people, right? Not not companies. Um, and so it it is important, but I, I think to your point, it's it's more important to focus on their growth and their ability to adjust to feedback. And I, you know, I don't advocate giving harsh feedback or surprising people with feedback at all. But you know, being generous and gracious with their growth so that they are prepared to move on to the next thing, whether it's where you're at or somewhere else. Yeah. Just so they'll be good people who go on to help other people be good people. Right. Exactly. And, and, and the irony of that too, is when you, when you are a good manager, you maintain those relationships and then somewhere down the road, you know, what usually happens is sometimes you come back together and it's a great like business opportunity in, you know, either direction. So that's, 
but also the benefit of just, you know, coming to the table and being a strong leader and a, and a good manager is that you may, you end up maintaining those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. They could be somewhere where you want to go work at some point. Right. Like it's not even hierarchical in this industry, the agency industry that we were both in is fairly small, even though there's a lot of people, but you know, it, it's a bit um, tight. And so just, I just don't think burning bridges is ever a good idea. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Who does it serve? Nobody. You just feel terrible for doing it, even though you might feel justified, but really, and then it just doesn't create any road to the future. Right. Makes things um, not comfortable, but just realistic and reasonable. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So amazing. So, so a few of the things you've said so far is holding space, Mm -hmm. dealing with different personalities, depersonalizing kind of your Mm -hmm. relationship to that. Anything else that has been helpful? Yeah. You know, the, the training that we did, Jamie was revolutionary for me because I have always thought that my own thoughts were true. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> you know, even though they have, there's that saying, don't believe everything you think. I mean, literally that's the magic of this work is learning that our thoughts aren't always true. And we know that because in any circumstance, like this podcast we're recording, you have a different thought than I have about it. And we're probably both not exactly right. And I do think that there, if there's a way to sort of sneak that in a little bit for people so that they start to understand and not as, as you would full on as a coach, but as a manager, like that, have they considered things from maybe other angles or, or the other person's um, point of view? And how can we kind of determine the difference between a feeling and our, and our thoughts and how they're connected and that's like baby steps into coach of coaching, coaching, I would say. But sometimes in certain situations, especially with uh, someone you've been managing for a long time, you can get to that point where you're doing a little bit of light coaching in addition to like managing. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, I, I it's interesting because I've never been a manager since I've been a coach, which is something like crazy to me because it's also kind of the first time in my career that I'm not managing people. And so I'm like, that's my thing. Like that, of course, because of our training in, you know, specifically, I think that it's, it's my mantra basically in like every call. I'm like, well, that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think even just saying that people are like, oh, right. Like, yeah, what am I saying? Like, it's not necessarily true. And so I think it's interesting that you're finding this way to sort of sneak it in as a manager and and let them understand that maybe there's something bigger there to look at, um, but not like flood in as a coach. I wonder if I go back to managing teams, if I'll like be a little overbearing on the, uh, on the, you know, the, the thought coaching side. I think you'll find it's pretty elastic because it just depends on the person. Right. And so it, you know, you can tell if you're dipping your toe in and they're just like, I don't know what, you know, that, that's not, that doesn't work for me. And, you know, you, you have to honor kind of where they're at. And, and I also think it's how long you've been in that 
relationship with each other yeah. um, makes such a big difference. Uh, but yeah, for some people, it's just too hard to believe that their story isn't the story. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone shares the same story about the situation or the circumstance is their belief. Right. And we know yeah. that's not true. Right. Well, do you, for the people listening, if maybe they don't understand what we're talking about here, <laughs> as we go into like this, you know, sidebar of, of things that make sense to us, do you want to kind of explain a little bit of maybe, you know, a little summary of, of the model or ways that you kind of look at thought coaching for people? Yeah. Yes, um, I'm happy to. And you can just jump in as well since we both know it. But um, yes, we work within this model uh, where there's five five elements. And one is a circumstance, which is a situation or, you know, uh, a factual sort of understanding of, of something that happened. It could be an exchange between you and I or something that happens in your workplace or just in your life. And there is always a thought about it that we believe is true. And so the first piece is really pulling out thoughts and making the circumstance like clean or neutral. So we're doing a podcast. Everyone would agree to that. That's a circumstance. And so our thoughts about that would be, could be a great thing to look at if we're looking to um, sort of figure out why we're getting the results in our lives that we are getting or results in this podcast that we're getting. And so from the thought, we always have feelings created from thoughts. And I think most of us, me included prior, prior to coaching, just believed our feelings happened, right? Like, you know, Jamie made me mad. Right. That's and the big one. It's that yeah. person's fault. <laughs> and it's like, well, would everyone agree that you made me mad under this circumstance of this podcast? I don't think everyone might have that same story. That's a story I have. And so instead, I think if my feeling is mad or angry, what's the thought driving that in between what I think is the situation and that idea, that feeling of, of anger? And so finding that thought is really key. And one of the things with that too, before we jump to the next one, I think what's interesting is that if we're in a feeling like, let's say disappointment, and we're disappointed with like our boss, because this is something that happens a lot, like, oh, I'm really disappointed because my boss doesn't see me or my boss doesn't understand what I'm doing or doesn't understand how hard I'm working. What we do then is like, we want to, we're like trying to keep ourselves in disappointment. So we just keep finding all those thoughts, all the evidence to just keep us in disappointment because we think we need to stay there. We feel justified in our disappointment. And so we're just like, let's find all the thoughts that are just supporting that. So righteous, right? So righteous. And I think you bring up a really good point, which is we always find evidence for what we're thinking. Also for the good. And so again, the, the thought work that you and I do is about looking for thoughts that actually are might create a different feeling and a quote unquote, like maybe a better feeling. And so when we do that, we can also find evidence for that, which is really interesting. Um, so yes, moving, moving through that, then our actions that we take about this particular circumstance or situation are completely based on our feelings. Feelings drive our actions and then our actions drive our results. And so the results we get in our lives are all attached to certain actions. Uh, The bad news is the results we're not getting in our lives are also attached to actions that come from feelings that come from thoughts. 
And so, um, you know, mindset management is really not ignoring that, but understanding it and owning it and working with it to develop your ability to quickly disengage from that and, and find another different, better way to go about it um, based on the result you want. Yeah. And I love this model. And I think what's felt really revolutionary, I know for you, Shelly, but also for me is, is when you're, when you're showing someone their thought from the outside, because we all have these thoughts and we just spin on them for so long, we don't see that they're a story. And when you're able to sort of like show, give someone this like mirror reflection of, of this thought and the result ultimately that's happening. So for me, with a lot of my clients, it might be like, my business isn't going anywhere. And it's like, well, there's mindset where they think, well, mindset just means you're you're visualizing something and it's just supposed to happen. And it's like, no, actually the mindset is what's propelling you forward in what you're doing. So the mindset can either hold you back or it can propel you forward. And so it's not that we're just sitting around like trying to change our thoughts all day long. It's that we're trying to change the thoughts that are going to take us through the action that's going to end us in the place where we want to be. And and a lot of business owners, especially startup business owners, tend to stall out because they don't see what's happening in their mind and they believe it so firmly because they've been believing it for so long. If, if that belief is, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this, then of course the result is going to reflect like, yeah, you don't deserve it. So therefore you're not getting any clients or getting the work that you want because that's what you believe. And that's changing the course of the actions you're going to take. And it's just incredible the change when you can just show someone that and they've never looked at it that way. And they're like, oh, dang, like I'm in control. Like I'm the driver of this. I get to change it if I want. It's an, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. But there's another way to do it. I mean, that's the other thing that you're just like, oh, I, I didn't realize there's another way I could be doing this. And, you know, this, this model we're talking about works in business. It works in other types of work, but it works in relationships. It works with your family situation. It works with your own self. (laughs) Um, I coach myself all the time, but it also helps you find these things that you're keeping kind of hidden um, or uh, as the tools calls it, that part X that is, you know, maybe your shadow. And that's where the work gets really deep and goes kind of beyond these circumstances that maybe seem a little more, uh, not simple, but yeah, understandable. Um, but I like to tell people it's a simple, the model itself and how it works is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy to, I mean, it took a long time for me to believe that my thoughts were just stories. Like I was so, and even now, like if I get coached and particularly if I get coached by someone who knows our methods, then I like, as I'm talking out loud and as I'm telling my story, I'll immediately be like, I can hear it. I can hear the story. I can hear what my brain is trying to convince me is true. And, and it's funny when you get to that level of awareness too, because it's not that you just all of a sudden change the way that you live and everything's hunky-dory. It's like, you still have these, these things that you need to work through, oh, yeah. but, but you just have this, like you just, I think it's more that you just slow down. It's just like, instead of just taking action in the way that I've been taking it, 
my whole life and just like, I'm angry. And then I just take an action from that. And then I do something I don't like, and then it's oh whatever. It's like, you just stop for a second and recognize the feeling. And like, you're not trying to act on it or run away from it. It's just like, let me just be aware of this thing that's coming up and just be curious about it for a minute before I just go out running and taking action on it, which to me was one of the biggest things of like, oh, I could just stop. (laughs) I don't have to just like close my eyes and like keep going. Oh, that's revolutionary. But how, how has that helped? Like, how have you seen that support? Um, how have you seen that reflection to your teams, like make a shift? Like, is there any particular moment where you're like, oh, I'm seeing this tool working really well for my team? You know, again, I think it really depends on the person um, because you really have to work at this work if you if you want to make changes. And I do think, like you said, we all do this. Holding on to the story feels very rewarding to people. And looking at our actions, sometimes, sometimes we want to hold on to our actions, like like what we call buffering, like watching Netflix for three hours, or over drinking, or overeating, or overspending, or you know, we get dopamine off a lot of those things, and we are now a culture that just wants dopamine hits all the time, and that's a hard. It's a hard drug to give up, and so I think that it's incremental. Um, in working with with teams, um, but once you can kind of crack that door open, then I think it's like like the experience you and I have had, which is it can literally change your life. Yeah, yeah, and it can change your work experience because you know I think interpersonal relationships are, as I mentioned, a, a big part of it. So even outside your manager or mentorship, like there's difficult people at work for most people but they're not the same people. And so therein lies the truth that not everybody has the same experience and the same story. Um, And so understanding that someone else has a different experience of a person than the one you have that could be challenging means there's a way that you could maybe have a different relationship to that person in your own mind. They don't even have to know about it. Right. Um, Which is, which can really shift teams in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, That was one of the moments I came to you with when you were my manager, I was having, you know, a difficult situation. And that's actually when you introduced this to me. So you weren't even in the program yet. You were just like, you need to listen to a podcast. Yeah. And that was enough for me to start to understand this tool, for me to be able to take it into my situation at work and and to start to apply it. And I have to say, like, I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're the person I need to thank for all the changes that have happened in my life because that one moment I had been basically kind of carrying around a weight, I feel like, from job to job. It was always a different person, but there was always kind of this weight of the way I related to the quote unquote like difficult personality at work. And it was at every job, a different person, but I I showed up the same way every time for whatever, you know, because of these stories and because of these thoughts. And these were the results I just kept, you know, creating in my workspace over and over and over. And I think once I learned that tool, I didn't take that forward. You know, I, and I've had a few similar things come up and it's almost like the universe throwing these, these things at me just to see like, have you learned? Like, have you cracked this yet? 
And I feel like I have because I've had like really similar personality types kind of show up in different ways. And I'm like, oh, I think I've finally <laughs> stepped yeah. over that hump. And it's, and it's an amazing feeling because it, it, it's, uh, it's ours to carry. That weight is ours to carry. We can't just think that somebody at work is just going to like unburden us or, or if right. we quit, it's going to go away. Like, unfortunately, it doesn't go away when you quit. Unless yeah. you like never go back to a job and you retire or whatever. If you right, never right. interact with people never. again, it might work. Well, yeah, maybe. But you're, you still have it the weight, right? Like, because I think unfortunately when we carry weights like that, they don't just disappear. Even if the situation or the circumstance disappears, right. we're still carrying all that negativity and it's, it's a burden and it's kind of invisible. But, you know, uh, one thing Mel Robbins says that I love is um, no one is coming to save you. No one is coming to rescue you and nor should they be right. Cause that's just codependent and dysfunctional. <laughs> and so like, to me, it's like, I saved myself and you just talked about you, even though I gave you an idea, you did it right. You saved yourself. And that's another thing that I really, really love about this coaching process, both at work and in life. Um, Cause I had a similar situation to you only if you take the workout, it was called divorce. And I was able to transform my experience entirely without even talking to the other person about what I was doing for myself, but it literally changed our whole relationship through some difficult, very hard things. And that to me is just, it's just mind, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it really is. And it's, and I think it's empowering too, because it's, it's realizing that like, oh, I am in control of this and nobody else is responsible for the way I feel. Like it's nobody else's job to change what they're doing so that I can feel better. It's my job to change the way I'm taking it in or taking action or feeling about the thing. It's totally on me. And it makes you take, I think why it's hard for people to look at that is like, I don't want to take responsibility. It's totally their fault. Like that's, I think the thought that is the hardest one to let go of is that it's someone else's fault that I'm feeling this way. I'm a victim. And I think it's just so empowering when you're like, no, actually it's not their fault. And I don't want to say there's no such thing as like people being victims and, yes, and, sure. and that for sure. But I think that it just in the, in the work type of situation, if we don't go into like anything deeper than that, but in like, you know, the, the type of relationships where you're, it's somewhat, you know, I don't even want to say superficial, but in, in work relationships specifically. Constrained. Yeah. Yeah. To that. It's, um, it's just, it's, it's really empowering to be able to say, like, I get to, I get to decide. I don't have to wait for someone to do something to, to make me feel a certain way. And it's so liberating too, Jamie, because the flip of that is also true. I'm not responsible for how you feel. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a, a jackass, but like, if you're also responsible for your own, to empower your own self, then if we all went around doing that, imagine just how much better a work environment could be because you stop pointing fingers and playing the blame game and realize, and just that becomes so much less important than you're responsible for your own experience. I'm res responsible for my own experience and we're creating this great experience together because of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that also like thinking in as a manager too, part of that whole thing is that you're like we said this before, but you're cleaning up your side of the street 
before you're going into like a one-on-one or a meeting with someone. And I think that applies to any type of relationship. Like if you're going into a conversation with someone that you think might be tough, clean it up first. Like don't go in there ready to be reactive. Like go in there, like cleaning up your side of the street. It's already going to be an improved conversation if you've spent a little bit of time thinking about, you know, how you want to show up and how you want to feel and and what your side of the street is, it goes a long way. Oh, and it's also, it just diffuses things, right? Yes. Especially with, with big challenges when someone has a lot of feelings and emotions. And if you can go into it with that mindset, it just, I think you just bring a totally different energy and it allows them to sort of ratchet it down. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Hold that space for them because that's what it's all about. Yeah. A hundred, 150%. Yeah. And I think like one thing too, with on the management side is that when we talk about managers who don't necessarily spend time cultivating their management skills, maybe people who come from a different discipline and, and this is just kind of a leftover for them. I think a lot of times too, the management is so much of like the last thing on their to-do list that they're not prepping they're not sitting down to think about how am I going to hold space for this person? How am I going to even like shut my computer? Sometimes it's hard for some managers. Like, how am I going to just really focus on this person? And I think that's part of the coaching piece too, is just like, okay, I'm here for them. This isn't about me. This is about like me giving them time and, and not personalizing anything that they bring here but preparing for that in the same way that like we just said, like you'd prepare for, you know, a conversation with anyone else. Very intentional. And you're right. I, I just get so frustrated when there's a sink or swim culture in places. And that is kind of an agency norm at times. It's like, well, they'll figure it out or they're not meant to survive in this world. Right. But it's like, no, you know, there's another way. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think what you reminded me of too is like, what's the percentage that your ears should do versus your mouth? Like 80, 20, 90, 10, I can't remember. But, you know, people need to be heard. Sometimes that's, it's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And to talk themselves through the story that they're telling and they come to back to it on their own. Um, but I do think listening and allowing people to be heard is really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, going back to the the situation that I was experiencing when when you were my manager, the fact that you didn't try to solve that for me was also huge. You know, you weren't giving me solutions. You were like, this might be helpful, but never did we have a conversation where you're like, okay, Jamie, first you need to do this and then you need to do that and then do this. And then it was always like, you were listening. You were, you know, reflecting back to me like, okay, you did this really well too. Like, oh, this is what I heard. Like, is this what, you know, am I hearing correctly? Like, let me just kind of reflect this back to you, which I also think is a great technique because it's like, it's also a way to kind of hear the story. Like, oh, is that what I said? That sounds different. (laughs) But But then you were like, well, why don't you give this a listen? Like this might be helpful to you, but there was never like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve this for you. Or 
even being attached to the outcome, you were never like, well, I really want this to happen at the end of this situation. You know, it was, which I just think is, those are all these amazing skills that, um, that come from listening, that come from understanding where your people are going and trusting them to be adults also, like give them a chance to see if they can solve it themselves. Cause that's ultimately more rewarding than you solving it for them anyway. Yeah. Or trying to manipulate them into some outcome. Right. I just think, you know, there, there is a percentage of management where you're literally just, tr- people are trying to manipulate employees into believing things so that they stay, or the, like you said earlier, the retention thing, or just to get what they want out of that person. Right. And it might work in the short term, but it, in my opinion, it's not a long-term strategy for um, retention. And, you know, retention saves money. It's a yes. it's a real benefit, right? To companies, to agencies, like it's expensive to go hire a new person. Um, and if you can retain people, the longer you retain them, the more value, right? And so it's not just a fluffy, fluffy thing, which, you know, I think at times some people might say all of these things we're talking about is, you know, is soft, right? But it creates hard results, like as in data. Yes, as in dollars and euros and pounds. <laughs> yes, all the different kinds of monetary. Yeah, so at the yeah. same time, you're you're growing people, you're helping people, you're retaining people in a way where you're mutually benefiting and you're doing a service to to your company. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're really that, you know, sort of worried about, what happens next too, again, you might be cultivating a relationship that years later might really pay off for the business too. They might end up being a client. client. Yeah. And that's like best case scenario. 100%. So yeah. And and as people who have been at the head of, of businesses and seen P&Ls, I mean, we know what those hard numbers are that are results of retention. And we know what the numbers are when you have high turnover and those numbers are gravely impactful to the bottom line of a business and And when you, and the culture, absolutely. And morale tanks and it just starts to shift things and it's hard to rein it back in. Once you have a lot of people leave, it's really hard to kind of get your feet back under you and start getting to that place where it's a well-oiled machine again. That's, it's a really, it's a lot harder than just, holding space, (laughs) dealing with people's personalities, using thought work, you know, it might sound soft, but yeah, it's because it's actually a lot easier to do that than to like bulldoze people into doing what you want them to do until they eventually leave. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, because we could talk for hours about this, (laughs) I love it. Awesome. (laughs) Is there any like for, I would say like maybe people who have been managing people for a long time, but don't necessarily, haven't gone through any training, haven't gone through any coach training. Is there one thing that you would impart on them? Like if you don't do anything else, if you could, I mean, you talked about listening, but if there's anything else that you can think of that's like this one thing will really help. Well, I think you said it and it is really setting your intention for how your interactions are going to go with the person that you're managing and come to it as cleanly as you can so that you're not bringing your own, your own mindset 
to manage their mindset. And I think even just practicing that is huge. Yeah. And they will feel the difference. The person on the other end of that will always feel the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree. And again, like doing that in any relationship, just preparing for that conversation before you go into it. Yeah. Whatever feelings, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's tempting to jump to agree right? Like, well, Jamie, you know, Jamie made me mad. Oh, I know. She does that to me all the time. You know, I think also resisting that temptation to jump in and join them in whatever story they're telling themselves. And it doesn't mean you don't have your own thoughts about it, but like at the very least, like don't be co-conspirators and and that kind of, um, yeah. I just don't think that's leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get in the pool. Don't Don't get in the pool. (laughs) Well, Shelly, this is so great. If people want to get in touch with you, where do they go if they want to hire you to be their coach? Well, I would say two things. Um, My email, which I guess you can put in the notes maybe. Yes, absolutely. Because my name is spelled differently, but it's Shelly with an E-Y, F as in Frank Stevens with a V at gmail.com. And my website is Shelly with an E, Stevens with a V, lifecoach.com. Yay. Well, Shelly, I'm so happy that we've stayed connected. I hope next time I'm in town, we can get a coffee. Um, But thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I think it's been really valuable to people. I think um, this is going to be really helpful to people who are managing and able to bring some coaching techniques to their management skills. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting.